our uh, today is a May seventeenth. We have our fourth ever show. Nice. Uh, we're we're lucky enough to have guest number two, which in all reality should have been guest number one. We we regret uh, bumping not bumping Matt for Luis. Um, <laughs> we have I, in the first three shows, I was drunk thirty three percent of the time. Okay. So, I mean, I hope uh, I hope that trend doesn't con- con- continue because thirty three percent of the time for the rest of our shows would be. I would definitely be an alcoholic. Um, it's going to be a lot of shows. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Not, not good. So like I said, we have our second ever guest, which we're super happy to, to have on accomplished runner. And uh, we'll, we'll jump right into it. We have um, Corey doing the introduction here. Yeah. So we've got today, Luis Miltich. She's a, uh, Minnesota runner so um you know I think we, we may have met a few times possibly at, at Matt's wedding uh Matt who Nick, sure. Nick alluded to um but Luis is a, a very accomplished runner was uh part of a cross-country state championship team in high school ran uh division three in college for four years very successful and more recently has been a, a marathon runner uh just in the last month, I guess, completing the Boston Marathon in three hours, 24 minutes and eight seconds. Uh, correct me if I got that wrong, but um, I think that's what the uh, the website's showing here. So why don't you just uh, kind of take it away, Luis, and uh, tell us, you know, about uh, your running history. And then, and then let's get into this Boston thing, which I think uh, everyone's interested to hear about. Sure. I had a... a- kind of odd and funny beginning to my running career. Um, I started running when I was a seventh grader. My older sister, Martha, Matt's uh, wife, you mentioned Matt, Matt, Matt's wife, my sister, uh, decided we ought to do a sport. And we, we, a family of four girls had no hand, hand-eye coordination. So we decided running was pretty good. <laughs> Uh, and nice. I re- recall giving the coach, looking him up in the phone book, because phone books were a thing at that time, <laughs> and giving him a call over in Hill City, Minnesota, uh, Coach Coach Bauer, and he told me, you know, what, what you're going to need is a sports bra and a pair of shoes. <laughs> and we thought, well, that's workable. So uh, Martha and I started, Mar- Martha and I started running, and we were not great. I remember our first race. I couldn't believe how, how hot I was. It was in Virginia, Minnesota, and it was in August. And I, my, I was like, God, my feet are on fire. This is running is so hot. But from that point on, it just sort of things took off. I did really well. My seventh grade year ran on the regional team, which was pretty phenomenal. I lined up on the starting line at Rutgers golf course in Cohasset, Minnesota. And on the starting line was Kara Goucher, among among other fantastic athletes. So I had the privilege of running with some really great people and it just kind of, you know, took off from there. And my senior year, we, uh, I was a senior captain, had a co-captain, Samantha Fry, and we won the state meet. 
And I don't know that everyone who runs like that in high school keeps running, but I have, it's been a critical part of what keeps me normal mm-hmm. or close sure. to normal. And so I've just kept doing it since then. So in, in high school or middle school or high school, you ran, you ran both track and cross country? I ran cross country every year from seventh grade to my senior year. I had kind of a touch and go beginning to track. I was injured and, you know, some stuff like that. But my high school years, I I ran track pretty successfully. Okay. Say it again. What was your favorite event? Do we lose Nick? No, I'm here. Okay. Um, I so in in high school I ran on a really great four by eight team, and I have to say the 800 is like the worst and best race. Uh, We were saying this week, and my daughter ran a, a track meet. She's a sixth grader, and she ran the 400, followed close behind by the 800, and we were joking as we watched her you know the 800 is the worst race because it's just running the 400 twice (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and she she did fine uh but i i remember that being great just because it had kind of a team feeling behind it it was a really great you know ultimately i think the best of our four by eight girls went on to do really well at the state meet but that was a fun race i have always admired 800 meter runners because i sort of they're sort of like racehorses. I mean, they're beautiful people with amazing, really like they're strong, they're fast. And so I loved, I loved that race. When I got into uh, running in college though, I would do the 5k, 10k combo. And I really got to love that as well. Just the steadiness of, you know, you check your laps, you're on pace and you keep doing what you know you can do. And I love that too. Nice. Where did you, uh, where'd you go to college at? I went to Carleton College and they have had for a long time a really solid team of distance runners in particular. I think the sort of type A individual that goes to an institution like Carleton is the type of person who's dedicated to distance running. It's, they've, sort of captured the kind of student and human being that can dedicate themselves to that kind of punishment. <laughs> nice. nice. Did, you, did you find it tough juggling like school and, and running? You know, I found it to be actually a good balance because I think you can really sink yourself into the academic stuff and um, lose a sense of efficiency. I, I always say, even in my, work today you know work smarter not harder and so I think doing athletics like that even at a really tough institution like Carleton it's a good way to make yourself honest and efficient in your academics as well and I think that was a sentiment that most of the people on the team had I mean we loved running and we had we were serious about it had fun doing it and it made us really, you know, focus focus on our academics, get it done, and then focus on our running, get it done. Yeah, that's a that's a good combo for sure. 
So, so you kept running. Yeah, you kept you kept running after college. Did you jump right into the marathon, or did you do more of the the shorter road racing for a while, and just recently get into the marathon running? So I didn't, I didn't jump right into marathon running. Uh, after I was done at Carleton, I went directly to Penn State, where I got my master's degree in climate change geoscience. And while I was there. I had a lot of fun and different experiences that never in my life did I expect being sort of like, you know, from a family that grew up in Minnesota and there weren't a lot of people who went far and wide to do things in their life. So I went out to Penn state, did my master's degree and I found a really fun group of runners called the Nittany Valley runners, Nittany Valley, like N I T T A N Y. Um, and they were a fun group of primarily older, like middle-aged men. Uh, <laughs> right, they, right where we're at right now. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and we would run like at noon. So I'd kind of take a break from my studies and my uh, working as a research assistant and whatever. And I'd go run with these guys. And there were, there were, there were, other, there was a little bit of a diversity, but it was mainly older guys. And we had track days and we would go out and we did what was called the, one of the big races I did was the Nittany Mountain Out and Back. It was, they called it the Mountain Back. And so <laughs> we were in the app, like the lower part of the Appalachians. And, and it was like a kind of rolling lots of climbing out and back um but I really sort of had this I held this candle that's like I'm not gonna do a marathon these people who go do marathons they're not real runners <laughs> I want to be able to go out and do a really hard fast 5k because I'm a real runner. <laughs> and there were so many people that say I'm gonna do a marathon it's like yeah you're gonna do a marathon but are you going to run a marathon? And yeah. I don't know what it is that, that broke me, but I finally decided I'm sick of hearing people say that they're going to do a marathon. I'm going to go run a marathon. So I signed up for the Twin Cities Marathon. I trained pretty hard. And I went and ran it, I think, in like three hours and 40 minutes. And I felt pretty good about that. And I thought, okay. Um, I did that. I can say I ran a marathon and I'm going to be done. <laughs> How long ago was that one? Gosh, I think it was 2016, the fall of 2016. Okay. And so in between the Twin Cities Marathon and the Boston, I'm assuming the Boston was, was just the recent Boston Marathon, right? It was just the recent Boston. So I did 20, Twin Cities in 2016. Okay. And then I did it again in 2019. And okay. because of COVID, the time that I got in 2019, I was able to carry over to this like eligibility period for Boston. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, so that was like your qualifying time was 2019 and they gave you like a waiver to get yes. to this point. Yes. That's sweet. That worked so out I, well. ran, I think it was like a 327 35 or something okay something. so boston is your fastest marathon so far then huh it was which is kind uh, of crazy. but uh, i will say awesome, yeah. 
I trained like an absolute maniac. Um, I, I just, there are so many stories about the hills and, you know, your, your hamstrings are going to be shredded at the end, that there was enough kind of fear in my soul that I thought, well, I better train really hard for this. And, and I think that that obviously helped. That's great. Did you, uh, I mean, so obviously running in Minnesota, you're training leading up to this, this massive race. What was, what was your least favorite sort of training session leading up to this, uh, leading up to the Boston marathon? Yeah, that's a good question. The training of course in Minnesota in the winter involves a lot of running in the snow. Yeah. I had <laughs> a couple uh, you know, one in particular, I think it was fairly early on in, in my training and I was doing a long run that was maybe just 12, 12 miles long. And mm -hmm. I went out and it was like the kind of sloppy snow that just feels like you're running in wet sand and it was windy and the roads weren't well plowed. So there's these cars, you know, splashing kind of slushy <laughs> snow on you. Know, and, yeah, I live in an area that's got a lot of really good trails, but when it has just snowed, the trails aren't, aren't plowed yet. So there was this awful run that was just it's cold and windy and, and like running in wet sand. And I came back and I laid on the floor in my basement. My kids were watching the Great British Baking Show. I laid <laughs> on the floor and just wept. And they're like, uh... whoa, mom. <laughs> But, but that was that was what was happening that day. Wow! So after all of that, did you uh, did you get a good day at Boston? Like, what was the weather like for, for the race that day? The weather was really fantastic, and it was funny because the day before was really really windy, and we had these kind of random, like snowish rain. Yeah. intervals that were really unexpected it'd be like you know the kind of situation where it's sunny but also it's snow raining a little bit <laughs> mm. and the day after was phenomenally windy oh, wow. so we just got this perfect window of like it was a sunny day the wind was minimal and it just felt like this this you know the sky was blue the Clouds were, you know, lofty and like pillowy cotton. It felt like the perfect day. So, sounds like the ideal scenario to to uh, set your set your best time on a marathon. I like yeah. I like that. It's so we've uh, we've had a lot of discussion on on shoes. We're trying to get the the podcast sponsored by Saucony. Um, oh. unsuccessful so far but what uh what are your favorite shoes to run in or what what shoes did you use for the boston okay i will say that this is actually kind of a funny connection um i have religiously worn nikes since the really like awful pair of asics cross trainers that i started uh -huh. out with in seventh grade <laughs> because my mom got them at jc penny and thought well these are sports shoes <laughs> <laughs> these will work um i have worn like air max triaxes if you remember that 
uh-huh. really religiously into those. And then, you know, Nike does this thing where they go off on a tangent and you're like, okay, that's not even the beginning of the shoe that I used to love. Um, and I picked <laughs> up on the Pegasuses, love those. Is that how you say it? Pegasuses, Pegasi. <laughs> yeah, I love those and they've gotten kind of weird now. And I had this thing while I was training for Boston where I don't know if it was the conditions or the shoes, but I developed this kind of like soreness in my foot that I thought, well, oh, that seems like a stress fracture. And so I bought mm-hmm. a pair of Sockenies. <laughs> maybe this is going to be better and different. And I've been wearing them since and I really love them. Oh, wow. All right. So we can keep this show rolling. Then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as a We're gonna... Nike wearer, I think I may have crossed over. Oh, perfect. We're going to have uh, the Saucony executives listen to this uh, segment. Yeah. Sure. And as just like an average runner, you know, I think I don't experiment a lot with different shoes. You know, they're, well, ex- expensive for running uh-huh. here. For sure. Did, you know, did, go ahead. The Saucony's that you wore were they the the carbon plated ones, or or did you go with more of a traditional shoe for the race? Just a traditional shoe, actually. For no, for the race, I I actually ran ran in a pair of Nikes that ah, were, they're pretty lightweight. They're odd. I can't remember what type they are. They've got the, the zipper in the back. Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah. How does that how does the zipper thing work? Does it? It so zips like across the back heel? of the heel and then it velcros to the side. Huh. I didn't so. understand that when I bought them. And then I got them and thought, hmm, well, this is awfully weird. Wow. <laughs> that is that is strange. But mm-hmm. obviously they worked well for you. They worked fine. I wore them in my last year with these as well. Nice. But take us through the, the, the whole Boston experience a little bit. Like the, the, what'd you think of the, the start line experience hanging out there for hours before the start of the race? And then, and then kind of take us through the race a bit. Yeah, okay. How long did you have to hang out? So I actually thought they were tremendously efficient in getting us to where we needed to go, but I'll tell you this. So I stayed in the, uh, like right near Boston Commons. Okay, nice. So real short walk over there. I, I stayed there with my husband. He was, you know, there to watch me. I said, it's too much pressure. You don't have to come, you know, I'll just do it on my own. It was good he was there. I went through, they have like a little security check before you get into the corral where they'll put you on a bus. I go through the corral and I realize, oh, the gear check is not like a gear check to the, you know, they don't take your gear at the start line. Hmm. They take your gear and they'll keep it for you in Boston. But whatever you wear, this is crazy. Whatever you wear to the start line that you're not running in, you toss it. Oh, wow. That was the wildest thing for me. I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) <laughs> I walked through with my stuff, you know, and I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to throw this stuff. This is the, this is my real running stuff. So I had to make some choices about what I was wearing and like what I could give up. And I handed the other stuff over the fence to my husband. And honestly, it was so many people. It was so crazy. 
but it was a beautiful day. I can't imagine doing it like if it was raining. We got on the bus. It's like a 45-minute drive about to get to the starting line. Um, but they're, in my, in my opinion, amazingly efficient about, okay, you've got your corral number. You've, you know, you've got all your numbers. You know where you need to be. They're directing people. We were all masked up, you know. So mm. <laughs> you get on the bus. They bus you out to the beginning. The lines for the porta potties were deep, but not that much deeper than like the Twin Cities Marathon. You make a friend in line, you wait your turn. <laughs> um, and I honestly, I think I spent maybe half an hour in the area before the starting line. Before I got there to the starting line, you walk up to the starting line. It's a, it's incredible. It's like a little neighborhood. You know, there's people like out in their yards looking at you and kind of, you know, cheering for you. They've got, there was one house where they had a, a sunscreen dispenser. So you could get a little <laughs> sunscreen. Wow. Nice. And then you get to the starting line and they did a great job. Just kind of, you know, they shuffle everyone where they need to be. They've got a jillion volunteers. Uh, everybody's, you know, whipping off their, their gear and throwing it in. They've got volunteers there with bags. I mean, they must take like a thousands of pounds of, of uh, clothing to Goodwill or something. Yeah. So you said you only spent like 30 minutes there before you started. Did I hear that right? Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. I remember um, 10 years ago or so I did Boston and I remember sitting out there in the wind for three hours before the race started I swear to god so sounds, maybe maybe you're amazing. still on like New Mexico time or something yeah yeah maybe, maybe. <laughs> you just showed up early yeah. I did I did have a friend that advised me uh that you don't really need to get on the bus when they say you need to get on the bus oh, okay I did not have a friend <laughs> and my, the, the friend also said you'll never you'll never get to the porta potty uh at before the starting line so there's one at one kilometer use that one. <laughs> oh. he, he was he was wrong about that i got i got it done so but the starting line was incredible it's a beautiful spot there are these kind of tall white pine trees the sky was perfectly blue Everybody kind of shuffles up to the line. And the most amazing thing to me was like the gun goes off, people start running and the sound of it is like just the slapping of feet. And you're just surrounded (laughs) by the slapping of shoes on the ground. And it sounded to me like when you're standing in your yard and you get like a whole V of Canadian geese that are flying over headed to the pond or something where you think, wow, that's what their wings sound like beating against the air. It's like, okay, that's what all of our feet sound like beating against the pavement. It was cool. Yeah. That'd be a, that maybe that's the sound that we need for like our intro. Yeah. Like that somehow, if we can, if we can get that recording from some, some obscure site, then we can lead in with that. That'd be sort of cool. Yeah. If you could capture that, but it's incredible race. I mean, to me, I don't know, people have all their thoughts about Boston, but I think for me, having that downhill at the beginning, lots of people said, you know, you're going to be going downhill at the beginning. You don't 
think you're the best marathon runner ever as you, <laughs> you know, hit your seven minute miles on the way down the hill. I tried to be pretty tempered about it, but also the success of like the first 10 miles as you roll down the hills and you look at your times and you're thinking, Oh, I am a pretty good runner. <laughs> sort of sets you up mentally for success. It sets me up mentally for success. Like going into it, hey, I'm pretty good. You know, I'm at mile 10 and I'm I'm rocking and rolling. <laughs> did you did you have any issues uh when you got to Heartbreak Hill? We always hear about uh that being the the breaking point for for everybody right. in Boston. Was it an issue for you? So I knew I was headed into Heartbreak Hill, obviously, because, you know, you look at the maps and whatever. I had a map posted in both my home office, on my bathroom <laughs> and in my actual work office. So that you, I could sort of Every foot and, of the course. Exactly. Um, so going into Heartbreak Hill, I had told myself this in my head, like, you're headed for a PR, but this starts with settling down and settling in and don't do anything crazy. And when I got to Heartbreak Hill, I'm going to say I wasn't super, oh, I, can I say it? I wasn't super impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I had a slower mile there, but I saw what I was up against. And I was like, okay, I'm going to back it off a little bit. Um, but, you know, I did a lot of hill training because I was scared out of my mind about this <laughs> whole heartbreak hill situation. And did anyone here ever run the Swain meet? Nope. Nope. Really? Oh. Okay. Well, hey, there's a there I've I've run a lot of different hills in my life and and that was definitely a hill and it's a slog because of where it is in the marathon. For sure. And I I got through it. It was it was fine. That's great. Um what's the so your next uh plan for an upcoming marathon? Do you have one in mind? So I told my husband and my sisters and my kids, you know, this is a really big chunk of time that you dedicate to doing a marathon. And so I'm not going to do it again for a while. And yesterday I signed up for Twin Cities. So <laughs> <laughs> I got the email. It said we're only two thirds full. And I thought, well, I can help with you, this problem. You had to sign up. You didn't yeah. have a choice. And it's right here. You know, Boston's like a, or any yeah. marathon where you travel is like, it's a big deal when I signed up for Boston, did all the arrangements like, well, we better make this refundable because if yeah, you get injured, yikes. Uh, so companies is fairly low risk in terms of like, you just pay your 200 bucks and you show up at the starting line. I will say though, I'm going to do a 5k, a Memorial day 5k. It's the Brian craft Memorial 5k. Okay. Honestly, Corey, I believe the Brian craft ran for Bemidji State. I could be wrong about that. Um, it is a race that I love. I've done it many years, and I thought a 5K would be pretty nice. Nice. Uh, do you, you – you mentioned the, the, the refund policy. Do you buy mm -hmm. race insurance when you, when you sign up for a race? Never except for Boston. Oh. 
You did. Why okay. did you, you change your policy on Boston? I felt like I would be jinxing it if I didn't. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, how many t-shirts do you generally wear in a race? None. I never wear a t-shirt. Because I, I under any weather conditions wear a sports bra and shorts. All right. Well, I just, uh, before we got on here, pulled up an article about a guy who in Idaho just last weekend ran a half marathon in 111 t-shirts. That's, <laughs> that's 111 well, too many t-shirts for me. <laughs> that's, that, we'll definitely have to delve into more into the t-shirt uh, race at some point in the future, Corey. But I, I think we should go to a thrift store, buy 111 t-shirts and just try to put on 111 t-shirts. Last <laughs> run. Well, th- this guy had a team of people that it took 25 minutes to dress him before the race. So um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> we might have to help each other out. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a minimalist. I'm just... <laughs> yeah. I was enough. surprised actually in Boston by how much clothing people were wearing. I thought, I don't know where you trained, but it's like almost 50 degrees, so I'm um, wearing shorts and sports bra. Oh, wow. So, Louise, we're coming up on our, our kind of our time limit here, but we, we do always like to get with all of our guests, every guest that we've had so far, we've got a uh, what went wrong story. So we're, we're just curious, do you have a, a race where just things didn't go your way and uh, a story that you could share with us? Yeah, I I do. Um, I have run a couple of Ragnar races. Uh, uh, Ragnar yes. relay twice. I've done it from uh, lacrosse back. I think yeah, lacrosse back to the Twin Cities. And I'll tell you this: I ran my first one. It took me longer to forget and do another one <laughs> than it took for me to have my first kid and forget (laughs) to have my second kid. (laughs) It was terrible. Every minute of it, you know, the, 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 you know, the sleeping in the van, Mm -hmm. there's, there's no nutrition you can do. That's really going to get you through this event going with, you know, I, I would, I did it with people that I didn't really know that well. And there's just so many functions that are involved in the whole thing that, I, I did it with a coworker, you know, that's a terrible idea. So <laughs> that day didn't go well. Don't ever do that. <laughs> I actually, I did that same one once with, but I, I did it with some, some close friends and, and I complained the whole time. But when I look back, it was, it was really a, a, a pretty good time, but I do remember the vans just smelling terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Well, if we if if anybody in this sort of uh, grouping ever decides to to do that relay again, we can all form some sort of team and complain about it amongst ourselves. <laughs> Sounds <in>. like a. <laughs> well, this has been a uh, a wonderful time, Louise. We really appreciate your time and coming on. I know it's a little later out there in Minnesota than it is here, but. 
we uh, we appreciate your insight into uh, running and your stories were wonderful. And uh, we look forward to hopefully having you on in the future. Once we uh, once we get a little better at this, we can uh, have you back yeah. on, and and you won't have to hold up the entire show for us. Uh, you 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 were really the the rock behind the show tonight. Well, I'm happy to be on. It's always fun to talk about running, and there's always more running adventures to be had. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Corey, until next time. Stay creamy. All righty. You guys have a great night. Yeah, thank you. Bye.